everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us wherever you listen. And if you love this show as much as I think you do, you're going to give us that five-star review. And as always, we talk judging and MMA, so head on over to abcboxing.com and read the criteria. Dan, uh, we, we don't have any actual live fights to talk about from the weekend, right? No Very, live very fights, light yeah. MMA weekend. Very, very light combat sports weekend. I think the biggest thing that I heard about really going on was uh, Ofereem against Badahari in uh, kickboxing. I don't know if you caught that. I did not get to. I didn't even know about it. Oh, surprise. That happened. <laughs> All right. Apparently, uh, if my understanding is correctly, Overeem came back and won the fight uh, in the last round. All right. But it was a decision. He was like down on the cards, I think. I, 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 again, I'm getting this like very secondhand. I actually didn't really dig dive deep into it. I don't think we were planning on talking about it, but it just kind of came into me. And I think they do open scoring and glory kickboxing. And okay. he was down on the cards going into the final round. And he got two knockdowns in the final round to overtake uh, Badahari. So Overeem got All the right. win. Good for him. Sounds very dramatic. I actually kind of yeah. want to check it out. I just didn't get the chance to. Let me know how it is. Well, and, then I'll, watch uh, it. and then I'll decide based on your recommendation. All right. I guess that works. But yeah. So they, at any rate, there are no live fights this, this weekend. We're not doing a, uh, the typical uh, contested rounds. Mm-hmm. But we've got a little bit of kind of everything in this episode, right? We've got we've got a little bit of uh, we've got a little bit of data we'll talk about. We've got a little bit of a, a contested round from about a month ago that, that was kind of brought to our attention. We've got a past judgment, and we're going to go over uh, the upcoming UFC. So it's just about everything we do yeah, more or less. About right? a, a little grab bag, a little bit of everything. All we're missing is like a guest or an interview or something, right? That's yeah, pretty much that... everything that we do or have ever done. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So our next guest is no, I got nothing. There's nobody here. It's a nice sample show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, we do. Get a... Not a clip show, but a sample show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where should we start, Dan? Again, we we could kind of do a lot of everything here. Why don't we hit that 10 8 uh data you have? Okay, yeah. So so as I was kind of talking about in last episode about I was I was kind of wondering about the idea of how frequently, you know, we're seeing 10 8s maybe given out in, in especially the women's uh, MMA rounds, especially the lighter weights, right? And, you know, I, I didn't know necessarily what the data said, but it was kind of just a feeling I'd had. And we're more or less wondering about, hey, is is it is it harder for, you know, women, especially in the lighter uh, weight classes to get 10 eights, right? So I was like, okay, you've got the, you told me, right? You're like, you've got the data. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I guess I could. So I, I looked over my data. And so what I did was I took the last three years, just roughly three years, just a little more than three okay. years of UFC events only, just because I have complete data from that. Okay. I excluded Bellator and, and some other events just because I don't I don't have complete data. So it's, it's harder for me to do that one. Right. Um, so what I did is I broke it down by each weight class, by gender and kind of mixed, you know, maybe grouped a couple of weight classes together, too. So I could kind of look for different patterns and things. And I also did the demarcation point that we always use the. Jan Blahovich versus yes. Israel Adesanya. So it's kind of like a year and a half after and a year and a half before and leading up to. All right. Is the data that I have. So I kind of separated it out into both. That way you can you can really see too the way things changed right. in there. So there's a few things we can talk about, right? I hope I've set that up in a way that yeah, makes so sense, right? Hit us with it. Okay. So all the data I should also preface consists of rounds that were scored, not in part, you know incomplete rounds that we don't have so if i'm saying there were x amount of rounds it means they were x amount of scored rounds. just Alrighty. getting that out of the way here so the one thing that i came away with from so let's let's start with the women just because that was kind of what started this right i was looking at it and i i'm not necessarily seeing it drastically harder for lighter women to get 10 eights than for like let's say heavier women you know so so to speak um, it's a little bit, but like no more than you would probably think based on, you know, size and that kind of thing. But it does, it gives, it does, the data starts to feed into the idea that, okay, the lighter that you are, maybe it could be occasionally harder to get a 10, eight. So to kind of expand on that, we have in the 115 and 125 pound weight classes, right? So the two lower weight classes for women's MMA, 
we're only seeing 10 eights over the last three years, one and a half percent of the time in like for unanimous 10 eights, right? Okay. Just for unanimous 10 eights. If there's any 10 eight in the round, we're talking about about 7%. Now, granted, this also changes based on, you know, your demarcation points, right? So before, before Jan Izzy, we'll, we'll call Jan Izzy just, just so I can reference that yeah, really quick, nice. right? Before, before Jan Izzy. Uh, <laughs> before, before J I, right. B J I, uh, <laughs> I can't, I can't, anyway. Um, it was more like eight and a half percent, like eight and a quarter percent of the time you were seeing it any 10, eight scored. Now it's down to you know, five and three quarters, right? Not, not too big, but at the heavier women's weight class, it was 18 and three quarters percent was any 10, eight scored. So it was a significant difference before. And now the gap has closed. It's more like, you know, five and a half to, like I said, a little under 6%, or excuse me, seven and a half to a little under 6%. So. Heavier, you but, mean 35 and 45? Yeah, that, that would okay. be correct. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying. Um, there might be less fights at that that weight, those weights. Well, the, I mean, so. certainly are, but we're talking about in thirty across 35 and 45 for the women. I've got 175 scored rounds versus okay. 455 for 115, 125. A big difference, but we're not talking about the smallest of sample sizes. Like there's only 31 rounds for 145-pound women, featherweight women. I also mm -hmm. included um the weights that were at uh, the fights that were at 140 pounds, like catch weights. Okay. I just just to lump them in somewhere rather yeah. than do that separately, right? Um so yeah, only 31 rounds like that. That's why it makes them a little more sense to to bring that into the fold of the 135 pound fights that way you've got a, a much clearer sample size even though it's not exact right it, 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 they're close enough it's the heavier women versus the lighter women is pretty much how we're we're breaking it down right mm -hmm. um but like that's that's like a pattern that kind of reveals itself too in a lot of ways in the men's fights too the lighter weight classes especially at flyweight men's flyweight i was looking at this there has not been in three years of UFC fights, don't 140 rounds. You with me, Dan? I'm with you. Don't even say okay. it. I think I know where you're going. How many? Here, I'll I'll quiz you on this because you you don't know anything about my data. This is this is all you know. This is all on my side. You you're actually learning a lot of this as we go, right? So, how many unanimous 10-8 rounds have there been at men's flyweight I've, in the last three I years? I think you were about to say zero. It is zero. That's insane. It is absolutely zero. There has not been a men's flyweight. 10 8 round wow. unanimous 10 8 round yet figueredo and benavidez didn't have one Did okay that... so no for first off there's points taken right okay now, i'm not talking about that i'm talking about straight from the judges no point deductions that that should also be something i, I should clarify for every single round we're talking about are what the judges put down not what what was you know, after point deduction right and that yeah kind of thing, right? no but i'm saying didn't uh benavidez figurito the second fight did that end in the first round or did that end in the second round it ended in the first round oh, okay. it probably would have 10-7 that but was he, got yeah, it. Okay. He, he finished it in the first round okay okay yeah that's that was what you're okay. thinking yeah, that's what i was thinking okay i see okay yeah no that that one that <laughs> i think for all intents and purposes that was probably right. the closest thing we we're ever going to get to a 10-7 Okay. Uh, for a while, but yeah, no, that it didn't actually get there. Gotcha. So he he, right. he managed to not get out of that round somehow. I can't believe that he got as far as he did. Really, Benavidez there, but but yeah, no. Um, we're only seeing uh a, even one judge at the minimum score a ten eight in men's flyweight fights, little less than three percent of the time the last year and a half. Before that, it was more like eight and a half percent of rounds had at least one 10 8 in it. So there's obviously a big difference in the way 10 8s are being scored now that damage is is more or less a requirement, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of, that does speak to a little bit about what I was kind of getting into last week with um with the idea of Mackenzie Dern, like what does she need to do to get a 10 8 kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because at the lighter weights, you're just not going to see the heavy damage like that very often. Yeah, we had this extreme example that you, you brought up. That was a good thought. But again, it didn't get out of that round. That would have been yeah. like the lone one. It just doesn't happen enough anymore. And and it's it's very it's it sucks. I just I, I don't like it at this point now across all weight classes and genders, man. The last three years, we have three thousand forty two rounds. 
last year and a half, it's it's almost exactly split. Like the last year and a half, it's about fifteen hundred rounds, fifteen fifty two. The last year and a half, one percent of all rounds across genders and weights, one point one percent to be exact, are unanimous ten eights. Wow. And that's uh, about six point eight percent of rounds, six point eight three percent of rounds across all weights and genders get at least one. Okay. So. There's what it is. What we have here is kind of the disconnect between the idea that, okay, you get 5% of rounds are supposed to be 10 eights, right? Roughly 5% of rounds mm-hmm. are supposed to be 10 eights based on, you know, that document that got circulated or put out right. by uh, at the ABC, right? That's not really manifesting here. Right. Maybe that's what they're, they're hoping for. I suppose that's what they're, that's what the target would be. But I think the problem with that is it's too hard to get there if you don't, allow judges to utilize the 3ds in the way that they were already written if you emphasize damage so much while de-emphasizing the idea that you can get it for you know a very dominant grappling round because that is in the criteria that's an option it it just makes it that much harder to to give these rounds so we're not getting we're not even hitting that benchmark yeah so i mean and we weren't really hitting it before because before it was still only three percent of rounds that were getting 10 eights unanimous yeah, that's we should be a little bit more able to you know free to give those without the damage the, like it the way it's, needs the way to it's be. Written, so because you know what the thing it, is with the lighter weights they just it, it it's it's you just don't hit as hard the damage no, they just don't. doesn't, doesn't they don't. It, it doesn't show the impact doesn't show it as uh the heavier guys and heavier uh, females do right so, and do you want to you want to hear a little bit more about maybe the heavier weights too just yeah that, so we've got control groups right so here's a funny thing in the last year and a half, there has not been a single unanimous 10-8 in a heavyweight fight out of 103 okay. rounds. Okay, here, here's where I'm thinking with that. Okay, I want to hear I, I think it's probably in the middle is where you're going to get the more 10-8s because they can hit hard and they can wear the damage. At heavyweight, they hit so hard that they just go out, the fight ends. So that's why I think maybe we're not getting to the 10 eights for the it's heavier weights. It's funny you say middle, because middle weight <laughs> is, in fact, the peak. Okay, yeah, so that, that's, that's how That I, is very funny that you say that. That's how I would feel things would go. The yeah. light, lighter weights aren't getting it because it's not being perceived as high impact, and the heavier weights aren't getting it because it's so much impact, it's just ending the fight. They're not yeah. getting a chance to write 10 eight. Yeah, middleweight specific, that's where it's highest. So, but you know, if you know, if you're doing my I've been kind of grouping weight classes in pairs, right? So 25, 35 for the men, 45, 55, um, 160, which counts as 170 to 85. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then 195 counts as 205 all the way up to heavyweight. I group those men's weights together. And it's that welterweight middleweight combo that is the heaviest the last uh, like I said, year and a half. Before that, though. Before the demarcation point, you actually saw it much more common at lightweight and featherweight. Those okay. were the most common weight classes for your for you getting your uh, your ten eights unanimously. Okay, um, and it does more or less bear out the same way too uh, when you're just looking at one round at a time or not, right? Like just just one judge, excuse me, getting a, a ten eight here. Okay, that, yeah, funny that's, enough, that's pretty interesting. Before, so in the in the year and a half before Jan Izzy. Give me the one weight class that you think had the most rounds with at least one 10 to 8 round, percentage-wise. Uh, uh, yeah, I would. Men's I would, or women's, whatever. I would think 170, 155. There. It's women's bantamweight. Wow. One out of every, roughly one out of every five women's bantamweight rounds in the year and a half before Jan Izzy was at, at least one 10 8. Okay. But I think That's... what that tells me is that there's just such a, a disparity in terms of the quality of the opponents at 135 and in, in the women's side. Okay. And and 145 too, because it, I mean it's it's a much smaller sample size. There's only 31 rounds, but it's also pretty high. It's like 14 percent, and then the other one's 19 percent. Mm. So those are two of the three highest. Featherweight was the highest okay. at that point. Interesting. I'm throwing a lot of numbers out there. This is a lot, a lot of numbers. Classes but... around it, it. It can be kind of hard to wrap your head around. A lot of this stuff. So I hate I hate throwing too much numbers out. I hope I'm not overwhelming my listeners here, our listeners. The the basic what I'm getting is the summary is basically ever since damage has become almost a necessity to go ten eight, mm-hmm. they've gone down. It's heavily slashed how so. often they're given out. It's it's heavily especially from a unanimous standpoint. Okay. And it, and that it, that's the key thing. And it definitely hurt the lower weight classes more so. 
Yeah, I would say so. Because, yeah, if, if you look at the difference between we're going to go with unanimous 10-8s for the lightest men's weight classes, 25, 35, mm -hmm. 484 rounds. It's a lot of rounds, right? It was beforehand out of 218 rounds. It was 1.83% of the time you were getting a 10-8 at the lightest men's weight classes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Still a small percentage, but obviously it's happening. It dips all the way down to three, three, 38 hundredths of a percent. Wow. That's <laughs> since then. Yikes. So th what that means is we're, it's, it's pretty much, it's cut in like, it's cut about 20% of, or by, it's 20% of what the original number was more or less. Mm -hmm. it's, it's significantly smaller. It's just like, it basically just doesn't happen now. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. And I get it. Like they, you know, hmm. more often than not damage is probably just going to be a part of it anyway. Right. Right. That's, that's kind of a natural thing, but you're, you're really shutting off the ability to give the 10 eights in what I like to call different rounds, more or less like a no, no judges scoring it saying, Oh, it was a different round. Like I get that. That's, that's not how it works. That's not how it's written. That's not how it's practiced. That's not how it's taught, but it's just not happening. Like we're, we're seeing rounds that are like, man, that was a, that was a big round. And when you walk away from a round saying that was a big round and it's still just a 10, nine, it's like, come on. Like, why can't we allow the scoring system to let judges score those rounds as differently mm -hmm. scored rounds? Yeah. You know, whether whether it's the way it's written in the language or the way it's, you know, I don't want to say enforced, but uh, let's say the way that commissions like to see it. Certain commissions like to see it. I, just, I would like to see them just allow the judges to judge. Yeah. Just you let, know, let, let if they it. see a round that's got two D's checked. Because the language still says it's two D's. They haven't passed any legislation, you know, two D's. then let them do it Two, Yeah. That two D's must. There we go. Bam. It should be two D's must. I would be yeah. much happier with that. Mm -hmm. Even because if it was like, let's say, let's say right now, the way judges are giving it out, let's say you're giving every single round that any judge thought was a 10, eight, let's say it pretend it becomes an automatic 10, eight. You're still only getting. 10 8 rounds 6.83% of the time that way cuz 6.83% of rounds have at least one 10 8 across all weights and genders in it mm -hmm. right that's not that high you that know isn't, no it's really not that high yeah i don't I, interesting interesting stuff and that's the the current rate not not mm -hmm. uh, not the last 3 years but right. the last year and a half that's cut just about in half from what it used to be before it was like 11.21% of the time now it's again dipped down under 7% yeah so <laughs> And and actually, it, um, in the men's weight class, again, the last year and a half, it's just about 7%, whereas for the women, it's more like six and a quarter. So not drastically different, necessarily. No, not, not so really. I, uh... so I, I would say, I think it's probably fair to say that the men's weight classes are not judged significantly differently than the women. I think it has more to do with the weight itself. Okay. You know, I, I don't think yeah. necessarily that it's judge sitting there saying, well, it's a woman, you know, like I, I don't see a bias, I don't see a gender bias in here. I see a weight bias. Yeah, that makes sense. You know? Um, yeah, I could totally understand that. Not that I was necessarily thinking there was a, a, a gender bias necessarily, but it was just the idea was, again, it got me kind of thinking just because it was that particular round and, and, and. Well, yeah, here, well, the thing is we, we kind of have that maybe that, that maybe it's a misconception that, you know. Women's strawweight tends to go to a lot more split decisions than. Well, there's also that too, so, yeah. But but why do they go to much of split decisions? Because all the rounds are ten nines. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, that could probably help cut down on that if you yeah. allow them to go ten eight a little bit more liberally. So. Yeah, I, I I'm telling you, man, I really love our CSJ scoring. It's not that <laughs> it's not that you know the the commissions need to be like, all right, just do what those guys on that yeah. podcast say. <laughs> you know, I get that. It's not I perfect, but that, it works. But... But I, I'm telling you, man, there's there's something to allowing for a little more variety in the scoring. Mm -hmm. I just I don't see a problem with that. Yeah, I, I got no issue with that. Well, of course you don't. We came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're not the first, obviously. But yeah, I, I, I think and, and it's if you were to expand it to, let's say, let's say these, you know, five to six percent of rounds that we're getting now that have a 10 eight in them. Let's say let's call those 10 sevens. Just all those are 10 sevens. Then we find some sort of demarcation point for that other group of 10, nine rounds and say some of them can be called 10, eights, okay. right? Yeah. I don't know what the percentage is. Even I, I always say 20 that way, you know, 75% of the rounds are 10, nine, and then 25% aren't. 
But yeah, even if it was ten, even if it was another ten percent, were were different. Like that that makes a big difference. Yeah, that narrowing what ten nine is, I think, is is the start. So yeah, overall, out of one thousand five hundred fifty two rounds, all weights and genders, the last year and a half, how many unanimous ten eights do you think we've had? Pull a number out. Uh, two point three percent. No, no, no. Pull, pull, I'm sorry. Pull uh, a, like a like a round number. Oh, the number out, of times out, it's okay. occurred. Out of eleven hundred and how many? Out of out of fifteen hundred fifty-two. Fifteen. Uh, eighty-five. Seventeen. Wow. Yeah, seventeen times all three judges said, "Yep, that's a ten-eight. Wow. In the last year and a half in the UFC, that's it. Oh my. Not even one a month. Okay, I guess that's why we do we do do a, quite a few nine nine eight splits. Now that I think about it, yeah. Yeah. Every yeah. card we have a couple usually. Or not every card. Sure. But... No, I mean we get we get a bunch, you know. So if you're if you want to do the math on that, right? So we're we're saying there's 17 on it. There are I will tell you there's 106 rounds that had at least one. Okay. So you do the math, we're down to what is it? It's 89. That's it. Only 89 nine, eight splits in the UFC the last year and a half. That's what we've done. 89. Okay. Yeah. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. That's like I think there's more actually. I would think there's, think more. there's more. I would think there's more. Oh, I see. But I, I, my data, my data is pretty solid. Yeah, that, don't, that, don't question. It's me. shocking, is what I'm getting at. It's like no, no, no. Really, I get, that's I, it. I'm there we go. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to. I'll have to show you my little spreadsheet that I've made here. That you can I, ha- I have. For I have. I, I have the spreadsheet. I, I, I got to find it though. No, 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 no. I, I made this. This isn't an Excel sheet that I was working on. Oh. That's not in. Uh, this in is the something Google, completely. But I can share that with you in the Google. Oh, okay. The Google. Gotcha. All right. <laughs> like an old man. <laughs> See what the Google says. Yeah. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's good. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's more or less. Yeah. I think we, we threw enough numbers at the listeners. Yeah. I, I'm, I apologize. Yeah. I mean, you're listening on the yeah. other side. Like, do you think it got a little overwhelming? Do you think I was clear enough? No. We went, once we got into it, I thought it was pretty interesting. Okay. Okay. I think. Yeah. We... It's it, it's tricky. There's a lot of numbers here. There's a lot I could kind of go with, but I think I kind of hit the main bases and and hopefully the main point hey, maybe you'll be presented that... next year at the abc present this data yeah yeah so. i'm sure they'll ask me <laughs> i would ask you oh thank you i appreciate that <laughs> you're my friend so it's a little different <laughs> i don't know we can we can move on though we, we like yeah. said, we've got other things we want to talk about for this show um and if, hey, if any if anybody has any questions about the data or anything like that or comments or on, on kind of what it reveals happy to answer any questions anybody's got you know you're not hitting me up so, uh, yeah, let, let's move on. We do have, like we said, we've got a contested round. It's not from this weekend. It's from a little more than a month ago, Dan. And this round was brought to my attention um, as part of the EMMAA having their, uh, their I guess, what is it called? Infrequent would probably be the way to label it. Infrequent meetings. I think it, it's like every month or two sporadic uh, that, they, that they'll do that i don't i don't know how often they do it i mean it's they do it as often as i think they can right but i think it's usually every couple months is how it ends okay. up working out right um so what they did is they do kind of the same thing that california started doing during the pandemic they'll get a bunch of officials on they'll talk about you know rounds from an officiating standpoint whether it's judging or refereeing and they do it you know it's mostly uh european officials I, i'm pretty sure just about everybody i sat on the call with uh was from on a different side of the Atlantic than myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but it was interesting. It was, it was fascinating. It was, they, they brought up some good rounds. It was all like, you know, European rounds, typically the like cage warriors, more or less this one coming from Aries FC uh, in particular, Aries FC eight. Now I'm going to butcher these names. So I'm apologizing in advance, but Aliun Nahaya got the win over David Tony Atua. T- yeah, definitely screwed that up. Crawl, right? Yep. I'm just I'm just destroying their names and I'm so sorry. But but uh I got the win by majority decision in this fight about a month and a half ago or a little more than a month ago, I guess. It was the day before UFC Paris in Paris, right? Yeah. But this was a weird fight and they brought up two rounds from it during the the EMMA meeting. So okay. we watched them both, but I thought round 2 was the one that had the most conversation come out of it. So it it was suggested to me, hey, why don't you bring that to Dan? We could talk about it maybe. All right. And so let's let's do it. Yeah, obviously I had you watch it and you were probably like, all right, why am I watching this round? And then you watched it and I think you really understood exactly well, why it we was, watched this yeah, round. Yeah, it was kind of insane round. Yeah. Um <laughs> so go over it. Go yeah. over it. Make sure everybody understands. Really this wild. This is a round most people haven't seen, probably. Yeah, wild, wild round. It's on YouTube. 
if you want to go watch it, I, I suggest you do because it's just it's crazy. It is. Um, it's worth your time. It's worth, especially if you're interested. Look, if you're listening to our show, you're interested in officiating, right? So watch this round. Yeah. So Kroll gets a double leg, uh, and Nahaya attacks a guillotine. Uh, once it hits the ground, Kroll moves to side control and attacks a von flu. And I think it's a pretty solid von flu attack. Uh, as Nahaya is trying to escape, it looks like he's getting desperate. He's bucking pretty hard. Uh, but then Kroll loses the sub and transitions to Mount, where he doesn't do much until. Uh, at all, really. The referee even warns him, like, hey, we, we got to work here. Uh, Nahaya gives his back, and when he does this, crawl attacks an arm bar. It's pretty deep, but then Nahaya drops him on his head, which I want to point out is 100% legal because he was attacking a sub. When someone's attacking a sub, you can slam them on their head. Good call. So uh, Nah, once it, uh, he slams him on his head, he lands a couple shots here. Uh, they get back to the feet, and Nahaya is really picking him apart. Just blasting him. Good body shots, big front kicks to the face, head kicks, strong, strong punches. And it looks like this may be heading towards maybe a finish, maybe maybe a 10-8 if it continued. But control, uh, but Kroll just continues to walk through these punches and it gets another takedown and immediately takes the back, locks in a tight rear naked choke for the better part of a minute. It, it's really a strong sub attack, I think. Uh Super strong. While, <laughs> Super strong. We'll talk about that more. While this is this is happening, uh, Nahaya is is defending by you know grabbing the gloves, which is is illegal, and uh, ends up getting two points taken from him in the midst of this. And the referee is shouting them out as it's going. He's yeah. not stopping the action. Not stopping. He's not doing it. He's just shouting out. It's like point. It was and it was very unclear too, right? I did. I if it wasn't for the commentary, I wouldn't have known what was happening. Yeah, it's so, very very unclear the way it was kind of. Sh- yeah, they said he um cut it out, right? Yeah, they said he uh he speaks French and then they were translating for him for the for the the viewer at home. So makes sense. Sure. Uh anyway, I do end up this fight and the the round ends here with him on the back attacking the choke. I end up scoring this round for Kroll because I think in the end he's the more effective fighter. I mm-hmm. think his offense is closer to finishing the fight. After that, with the particular that choke, right? Yeah. After that round, the fighter I'd rather be would be Kroll. As solid as these strikes that Nahai landed, Kroll wasn't wobbled, rocked, and he just kept coming forward. The impact is there, but I just don't think the effect is more than what Kroll did in the grappling department. And when you couple that with the Von Flu choke, because I thought that was also a really solid attack early. It, it, it's such a wild round. I did go the other way. I did go for the the more the striking based damage, right? But I mean, I get it. I totally get why you'd go the other way on this round, and and it was split. The judges were split on this one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it and by the way, you're scoring at ten nine crawl. I'm scoring ten nine Nahaya. We're not accounting for the points lost. Yeah. So what you really have ultimately is a ten seven for crawl, and I have a nine eight for crawl. Crawl. Yeah, which is, but we both we both ultimately have is a crawl round after the point deduction. Yeah, right. Which after the, so, and the points are on the fighter, but uh, sure, sure, so, sure. But I mean, the the way the points are kind of given out too, it 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 the way it was handled was just very strange. Like it, it just, I think it, it did the absolute right thing in not stopping the fight. Right, that that yeah. to let it continue. You don't mm-hmm. want to interrupt what Kroll's doing because ultimately you want him to be able to win the fight in a position that is his advantageous to him. But yeah, I mean, the grabbing the gloves, like it's got to stop. I just wonder if it was made clear enough necessarily. I mean, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but you know, the referee speaks French, the fighter speaks French. Like they, they can communicate that, that, that the language barrier is not necessarily a problem there. Who knows? In the heat of the moment, he might not really be listening. He's just trying sure, to protect sure, his sure. neck as best he could. Who knows? And it, and it's tough, right? Cause like he's, he's pretty much, he's almost blatantly cheating, right? Like yeah, is, well, is he sitting there trying to be a cheater? Maybe not, but like he's doing something, you know, strictly illegal, and he is being punished for it. But it's almost like, man, like at what point do you start just saying, "Well, you've lost the right to win"? Well, that yeah, if you almost could you take a third point? So I think it's isn't it? Is I mean, I can be completely wrong. I don't know the the correct answer, but isn't it you take one point, second point, third strike, you're out, kind of deal? I don't remember that being distinctly uh, gone over from when we went to training. Yeah, I, I, but I, I mean, how many points? I guess can you'd you have take? to make it abundantly clear to the fighter, like 
hey, what's going on? Because because the, the points were taken in such rapid succession there. It would, be, it would be a shame if it went one, two, three in like the span of like five to ten seconds without right. the fight even being stopped. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you've lost here. I don't I, I don't know. It's it's a it's a tricky situation, right? Like it's kind of crazy. Very hard. And this is what this is why the reason this is exactly why this round was brought up for not just a judging but an officiating standpoint. I mean, can you uh, is, refereeing is, standpoint? That's one question we should ask too. Is 10 6 even a score that can be put down? Oh, I mean, well, the judge theory, would, well, the, yeah, the judge I mean, wouldn't put it down. Can, but is that an actual round? Yeah, but if you, if you have score? a 10-7 round and a point was deducted, then yeah, it's a 10-6. It's easy. I guess. Yeah, that that's yeah. that's totally fine. What if uh, what, what if somehow kind of John foul? Phillips, when he was struggling to do literally anything against uh, Hamza Shemaev a few years back, what if he you know blatantly just pokes Shemaev in the eye? Like he just does like a like a uh, like a three stooges like nya, 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 right in the eyes, right? <laughs> I think he gets DQ'd for that. Well, but, he probably I mean, gets DQ'd for that. I, mean, I guess it depends <laughs> if Hamza can continue or not, right? Yeah. Um, but because that's really what it is. Like, it, it, can the fighter continue? It might be a ten five then, then. Yeah, let him go. Be a ten five. Be a ten five. Yeah. Yeah. From the one judge points. and ten six yeah. from the other two. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of it, this there was a lot of conversation off of this round this was a very involved conversation a lot of people weighed in a lot of people in in the emma we meeting that we sat in on or that i sat in on uh i'm not going to be able to cover it all at this point i didn't take heavy notes i was more or less just kind of listening to learn i took away what i hoped i could did they do the um, vote thing excuse me did they do the poll thing that abc does after not a, not the same thing no. as as them what they oh, did okay. was you just in the chat you would just put your score oh okay what yeah. was was there a I any I want to say the predominant score was probably for Kroll. I think okay. they saw it the same way as you, but it was also the minority score that right. night. Yeah. And then there must have been a 10 8 in another. I didn't watch any other rounds, so I probably should because it was kind of, kind of crazy fight. Um, there must be if I recall, the first round was like a, must have been a, a huge round somewhere. for Nahaya. Okay. And uh, and and it was I watched this like all you know several weeks ago, so I'm not really remembering that round. But I, I'm okay. pretty sure that was the only debate was whether that was like a ten eight or a ten nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a big round for him. Um, ultimately, like he kind of does better in most of the other rounds. But yeah, I mean this round, like realistically, I could see why you could say like, if you wanted to say like, hey, he looks like he's almost done from this choke, whether he's cheating or not. You know, that's mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense. And obviously, if he's at the point of cheating, like, yeah, that's probably a really effective uh, it was so maneuver. not necessarily, but like it was it, completely it under the chin. Yeah, there, yeah, there, yeah was, it's there was nothing there. So I can get that. it. I can totally get why you'd go there. I, I did go the other way. I don't mm -hmm. I don't feel like that's the only way to see this round, but I did go the other way. Yeah, that's I mean, he the, these up kicks or the front kicks to the face. Like, how many are you going to land here? There were so many of them. Like but ultimately, th this is definitely a round that I would encourage any of our listeners who hadn't watched it yet. I really hope you do go watch it. It just, especially because it is a wild round. Um, I mean, shoot, Dan, watch the whole fight too. If you yeah, my chance, well. I, yeah, I probably is... only skip to the round we were going to talk about, but watch the whole fight. It, it's 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 a fun fight, you know. Yeah, it, very interesting from a score. There's a very it's it's very interestingly handled both from refereeing and judging. Um, I don't I don't necessarily fault the ref in the way he took the re the points. It maybe just in the way he can alert the fighters, you know, maybe tap, you know, them in some way and just let them know, like, you're losing a point here, you know, just to get their attention better. Who knows? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's it, it's a tough thing. It's because you don't want to interrupt what's going on. Yeah, for sure. Not not in a situation like that. No. But uh, I think that probably covers that round, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on. Uh, we, we're kind of flying through here, hopefully. And uh, let's go to past judgment, man. Yeah, let's do a little past judgment. Yeah, we uh, and and we're kind of dipping back. This, roughly the same. It was actually the same year as the last one that we did. But why don't you, before we do that, before I introduce the fight, why don't you introduce what it is uh, that we do for past judgment? Yeah, we score using the ABC criteria based on effective striking and grappling and the three D's damage, dominance, and duration. But we we just stretch uh, the definitions of nines, eights, and sevens a bit. Uh, a ten nine is a round where neither fighter checks off a D to a strong degree. A 10-8 can be considered for 1-D, but must be given when 2-Ds are achieved. A 10-7 can be considered for 2-Ds, but must be given for all three. The rare 10-10 is for partial rounds and basically staring contests. We've eliminated effective aggression and area control because these are extremely rare for judges to use anyway. All right, Scott, set it up. Brock Lesnar versus Heath Herring. Yes, indeed. Like I said, this was 2008. It was the co-main co event 
from UFC 87, heavyweight fight, of course, Target Center in Minneapolis. The headliner was George St. Pierre and John Fitch for the welterweight title. We talked about that fight on a previous episode, actually, and we mm-hmm. both scored that one 50 to 40 for GSP in past judgment scoring. Yes, that was a beatdown. It was a beatdown. It was a beatdown. It, it was a fun beatdown. It was a yeah. competitive fight in yep. the sense that things were happening. But yes, it was very much things were happening for GSP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly. Um, Herring comes into this one. He's actually the younger guy here at 30, but he <laughs> he already had uh, 41 fights on his record. Well, 42. 42. 42. Yeah. Imagine being uh, 30 was... and having 42 fights. Yeah. Well. That was a different era, man. They fought it a lot of just, it was a different time. You know, exactly. That. They fought. <laughs> yes, I know. They fought four times a year yep. or more just the way you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he was 28 and 13 with one no contest. Uh, he was a pride veteran, as we all know, split his first two UFC fights uh, leading up to this one. The latest was a decision victory over Czech Congo five months earlier. Lesnar, 31. So not much older, but he was older. Uh, he had just lost his UFC debut six months earlier in his second pro fight, mind you. Much more well-known as the WWE superstar and former NCAA wrestling champion. Still kind of a, a novelty act, more or less, at this point. He hadn't proven himself beyond uh, just anything a, else in MMA yet. Just a pay-per-view draw. Just a pay-per-view yeah. draw, but you know he was he was heading to different things. Um, even, but you know, granted, even in that loss to Frank Mir... He did. He he had a lot of success in that fight before he lost to the knee bar, right? Right. Then he 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 got a point deducted in that fight too. For uh, did he? Strikes. I don't think so. Or he got he got stood up on the ground because he was striking the back of the head. Is that what it was? And, Maybe that was and, what it was. Uh, was Mazagati was the referee. It's such a kinetic ninety. I yeah. think it's ninety three seconds long. Okay. So like I probably I should just go watch that. Maybe I'll watch it after. Um, I've got time. <laughs> Judges for this one are uh, Doug Crosby, Jeff Mullen, and Cecil Peoples. Referee Dan Mergliata, and unfortunately, we do not have individual round scores, but we can again promise that Brock Lesnar won every single round. So, we're just looking at degrees of victory, starting with round one. What happened in round one? Round one. Let me point out in, in the in the lead up, Heath Herring says Brock Lesnar is just going to sprint across the cage and, and try to tackle me. That's <laughs> what basically he says. And well, Brock. Does just that, except he tries to throw a little wrench and he throws a flying knee, misses completely. Um, hey, it was a good way to fake him yeah. out, given what he's sort of expecting, but in a different way. So they square up and Brock lands a huge right hand, dropping Herrick back. He uh, rolls backwards. Then Brock does try to spear him at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> they end up in a little bit of a scramble where Brock has like a front front headlock against the, uh, against the cage stand. Against the turnbuckle, yeah. Yeah, no real guillotine attack. <laughs> here i just kept on like i was like wow his arms are so big he's just gonna pop this guy's head off uh <laughs> but no he didn't really attack the guillotine here they separate and lesnar like uh, almost immediately gets a, a double leg and from here on out it's total domination herring's eye is a bloody mess this is the first time we actually get to see it after the because he, he was stuck in a headlock where there was no camera on it uh almost swollen shut brock continues to pound him from top turtle position Herring's desperately trying to regain some kind of guard. Uh, Brock's having none of it, and he—I think he's just big brothering him the whole the whole thing. I think we got all three Ds here. I think we got damage, dominance, and duration. I think duration's be uh, is a bit questionable. Uh, so I'm on ten seven. Lesnar. Yeah, duration was the one that I had the most trouble with because especially after he lands that big punch, right? Which mm-hmm. obviously doubles him back, and he's not like he's knocked down. But he's also not like flash knocked down and like back in it. Like he's he's tumbling over and he's not okay for like a little bit. But nothing happens after that point for a while. They're stalled at that cage position. And it's like, man, if you can only give me a little more. I did put 10-8, but I want I'm actually going to change my my score oh. right now because what you did was when you pointed out the fact that his eyes all busted up and everything, like, you know what? There's some good physical damage there as well. Mm-hmm. I am going to go for the 10 7 as well. Oh. I think it's okay. It's okay to go for the 10 7 here. But I, I think it's still more of a borderline round. See, I think, we, I think we're good here. I think, I think Brock is, is, he's dominating him in this grappling. Even though he's in a turtle position, this is a, this is a dominant position. I think he's landing some good shots from here. I think Herring's in, in a, a world of trouble. Uh, it's just, I think duration is the one that's in question, though. So. Okay. All right. 
Yeah, that, I mean, again, we kind of ended up in the same place, but I think I was giving less weight to the the eye there, and okay. you know, we can give we can give a, a seven for two Ds. Yeah, we can do that. And I was on the side of not doing that, and now I think I am. I'm still very iffy right. on duration, <laughs> but I I think I'll I'll over to the seven. Okay, so fair. We enough. are on the same page now. So what about round two? Uh, Brock actually tries to take down right away, shockingly, and, and Herring actually defends it. He he, he shoves him away uh, the first attempt. Uh, Brock throws a light kick and then decides, well, you know what, I'm just going to take him down. And he does. Yeah. Uh, almost a repeat, kind of, of uh, round one. He's again dominating the ground. He gets to side control. Heath scrambles. Brock keeps him in turtle, landing a shot here and there. Some good knees to the body. Uh, Brock briefly transitions to the mount. No real damage from here. I think this is a round that Brock dominates the grappling transitions, landing more uh, offense. Herring's not doing anything but defending. Ends up back on the feet somehow, and Brock clinches him against the cage, lands some solid knees to the body before re- returning back to the mat in turtle position, uh, which was a majority of where this fight took place. I didn't think the damage was high enough in this round for me to go to, to the seven, but it's it's one-way traffic. It's dominance. I'm 10-8 Lesnar. Yeah, so I think we do have dominance and duration. Okay. I think that's pretty clear because really Heath Herring does nothing. He's pretty pretty much caught in these dominant positions for most of the fight, most of the round, right? But yeah, I, I was I was iffy on the dom the the damage level as well. I think I could see an argument for getting there in our system, but I think this round just doesn't seem to quite the same degree as maybe the last round was. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think when you just dis- yeah we'll get we'll get to that. Um, we'll get to that. My, my, right now. My, th- my thoughts on round one. Oh, oh. When we, spec- we talk about round one, what are you talking about? I'm well, lost. When we speculate which round was the 10 8. Oh, 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 oh. In the real 10 8. Now I'm with you, sir. Gotcha. We're, yeah. we're there. <laughs> it's like, what's he talking about? <laughs> um, yeah. And it, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the idea of, you know, rounds being different, but like maybe not necessarily up to the, you know, if we applied our scoring to, you know, real life, right? Mm hmm. Something like the first round, the first one is more, it, it can get there, right? It can get to that like five, 6% level yeah. of round. But whereas something like this, this is still a round that's distinctly different from your average 10 9, but it's not quite at that level that you would probably give a 10 9 to, I don't think, or 10 8 to in the current scoring format. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a round that feels like it's worth more than just going up one point. Exactly, exactly. So, so yeah. Uh, we're on the same page. We both now have 20 to 15 for Lesnar. Mm-hmm. What about round three? Round three, Brock comes out, lands a nice body kick. Uh, then they clinch. And Heath actually, he's fighting a little bit here. He's throwing a couple body shots. But Brock folds him down to the mat like a lawn chair. And they stay there. I think they're both pretty tired at this point. Uh, Brock briefly mounts him. But mostly, like, uh, like basically the story of this fight is Brock winning in top turtle position. Landing knees. Some punches here and there. I just don't think he really did much because I think he is gassed in this round. He kind of just held position mostly than trying to end it, but it's still a one-sided affair. It's still dominance, and I'm on 10-8 for Lesnar. Same here. Same here. I, I have the same score. I think, yeah, this is this is around the feels much more like round two in the sense that it was it just didn't quite get over the hump. Mm-hmm. To get to any of that level, but but yeah, I mean, there's look, there's no there's no two ways about it. This is a, this is like a very no brainer round for Brock Lesnar, as opposed to even entertaining the idea that hey, maybe Heath Herring did something here, you know? Yeah, Herring, no, just just not his night. No, well, it wasn't his night. I mean, he, he also said he's faced again. He he's faced stronger wrestlers than Brock Lesnar, and uh, no, it, no. There's no one stronger than he's ever faced than Brock Lesnar. Stronger in wrestling? Especially? No, no, no. Just stronger. Stronger. I just, see. He's never faced a stronger human being than that. That I don't even know. I don't even know his full resume. But there's there's no one stronger than than that. Now that you ask, talking about resumes, like, now I've got to pull it up. I'm going to do a quick scan. I I I know a lot of names. I don't know every single name. I mean, here. did he ever fight Bob Sapp? Going, he's he's career ban in 1997. I was 11 at the time, so. <laughs> You know, we're we're gonna just kind of scan for names I do recognize, and I'm like, well, is any of them stronger than Brock Lesnar? Um, I mean, he fought the Smashing Machine, Mark Kerr. Was he strong? Probably not as strong as Brock. No. Yeah, not uh, not seeing anybody. Sam Greco, he's the one who invented Greco-Roman wrestling, right? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I know that. Uh, <laughs> no, I I don't 
I don't. I think that's. Uh, I don't know. That's probably a. That's probably a load. That was. Yeah, load, that was. Load. I'm that smelling. Was, I'm smelling something pungent. It doesn't smell he good. Was, he was trying to hype himself up. I think so. I think so. But nonetheless, we ended up here both ten eights in this round, which gives uh gave each of us the final score of thirty to twenty three for Brock Lesnar, and we do have all three judges on the same page as well. Thirty to twenty six for Lesnar. Now we don't know that they all gave the same round a ten eight. We just know that each of them gave a ten eight. So for argument's sake. Let's say, what do we think the judges said was the 10-8 round? What do you think? Round one. I would say so. I mean, based on the way we scored yeah. it, we would have to think that they did too. If it wasn't round one, which round was it? Two. Yeah, I think so too. It kinda, They're petering yeah. out in the last round. Yeah. Right? And, it, and there is ever so slightly more offense yes, from just a tad bit more. back. <laughs> so it's the, it's the round where you can at least say, well, he did something as opposed to nothing. I think he even threw one of those back elbows out of like desperation. It's like, hey, let me just mm -hmm. hit you with something. Yeah. So now that that one, that's a round we would we would need to get the uh, the information from if it hasn't been destroyed from Minnesota or maybe the UFC. But it's <laughs> probably not worth digging that one up. I can think of other better uses of uh, of my time and digging up information like that than mm -hmm. then. Finding out which round Brock Lesnar got the 10-8 in, in in a fight from 14 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, but that is it. That's that's it for past judgment. Let's let's kind of look ahead to the next weekend. We've actually got some live UFC action as opposed to you know again 14 years ago UFC action. Yes, we're back with fights this weekend early. I think it's earlier card seven eight seven p.m. Four seven p.m. Main four card. Yeah, four p.m. prelims. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's always nice. Who we got? We have uh, it's headlined by Alexa Grasso and Viviana Rougeau. Okay. How do you like this one? I guess it's going to help shape out that division a little bit more. One, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of one of those necessary fights. I don't necessarily think it's the most fascinating of late night headliners, but it, there there is at least some there are some stakes here to some degree. So I like that there. You know, there's the potential that one of these women could be you know whether they're next or not, or the you know the next after next. To face uh, Valentina Shevchenko for the title, who knows? Do we have a next yet? Uh, Shevchenko, I don't believe she has a fight booked. Okay, so this is probably this might be it. It could be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I imagine if nothing else, the UFC will sell it as a possibility. Yeah, for all, well, they, I mean, they've headline. They're putting it as a headliner over uh, a card where Brandon Royval and Askar Askarov are on. Yeah, but they Which almost never put men's flyweight fights on the <laughs> as the headliners. It's like for whatever reason, I feel like that one gets even less than like any other weight class, and I don't really know why because I think they're freaking awesome. Mm. I mean, we also got Cub Swanson on the card too. That's true. Cub so, Cub's going against uh, Jonathan Martinez. Yeah, that, that... And, and and it's at one thirty five too. This is, I believe, it's Cub's bantamweight debut, right? Really? If I'm not mistaken. Okay. okay. I thought he fought at 35 before, but I'm not. You're probably right. Uh, if he if he did, I think it was early in his career. Like, but I don't. I mean, most of the time they were fighting up in weight rather than lower in weight because he's yeah. from a different time too, right? So no, I'm almost positive he has. I'm gonna. I'll double check as we're talking here. But no, I'm you're right. You're right because his not. his fight before he he lost to Giga, mm -hmm. but, uh, and then he got a knockout win over. Uh, I don't recall who, but a knockout win over Darren Elkins. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. There we go. So yeah, a so, nice spinning wheel kick. So yeah, this is this will be his thirty-five debut. Interesting. Uh, it certainly looks that way. I'm scanning. Yeah, I, th I think he started at forty-five or started at fifty-five. Went down to fifty-five not long before he jumped to the WEC when it when WEC was still in in mm -hmm. its uh, earlyish days, I guess. For you know, was it, was it even? Yeah, his debut was for WEC, but was it when WEC had U Zufa ownership or not? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I believe so, but I'm not sure. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I think, um, I think Jonathan Martinez is on like a, a pretty good win streak too. Jonathan Martinez, he, I like this fight. It's a fun fight. Yeah, it. I think it's probably a tough fight to headline anymore. Not, not that the Cub doesn't have any value as a as a headliner, but it's. Just, I, I think Martinez maybe doesn't bring as much in, and it there are there's very little stakes here. Is really what it comes down to too. This is kind of a test for Martinez. It's a step. It's up. more of a test for Martinez and and say like, hey, how can Cub do down at at thirty five? He's thirty eight mm -hmm. years old. Can he re, you know reinvigorate his career in any meaningful way, or is this just like, hey, he's giving it a try at the end? I think he's gonna want to have to prove that, right? Yeah, he's doing the, the Aldo and the uh, Frankie Edgar route. I really do like that Roy Ball so, and Askarov fight, though. I, that's gonna be crazy. It's always I mean, you fun. love. I know you love Brandon Roy Ball. Brandon Roy Ball. 
bonus for Royval. <laughs> bonus for Royval. Just... I, I I enjoyed my chat with him last year. Great to talk with him again. He's he's a fun guy to talk to. So yeah, I like that fight. And I also think, granted, this is someone who actually has a win over Kai uh Car France. Yeah. Who just fought for the interim title. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see why someone who's now four and two at flyweight in the UFC has basically only fought really awesome guys and is now ranked fifth overall, one behind Askarov. I don't see why either of them couldn't break through Pantoja's next, right? Like he's he's next yeah. after uh Figueredo and Moreno figure it out maybe uh, in this fourth <laughs> fight or maybe they'll fight eight more times i don't know pantoja really should be next mm-hmm. after that i think the winner comes out of this fight yeah it's gonna be but when would that be maybe they have to fight one more time you know yeah it's gonna be fireworks forever long it lasts mm, i think so i'm so. i'm super i'm super hyped for that fight in particular of all the fights it's the one i really want to watch and mm-hmm. then how fail he's still going he's yep. in this one Victor. Drawing uh, Victor, we're only talking about men and women who are 125 or 35 pounds. So they're not. We're not yeah. expecting too many tenants. No, exactly. <laughs> that uh, it comes around full circle. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And I uh, want to point out this is episode 209, and no episode 209 would would be incomplete without someone from the that crowd fighting. Nick Maximov is on. This I was card wondering if you would actually also. mention him. I was leaving that on the so, table for you. See if you pick it up. He's there. He's fighting. Um, Robert uh, Whitaker protege, right? What's uh? Let me find is out. Is he? Is he uh, Jacob Malcoon? Jacob is he, Malcoon. Is yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he, he uh, trains. I've heard that before. Yeah, it's it's so, it's a bunch of prospects and 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 stuff on this could card. Be int- it, the way he fought the, his last fight uh, with the grinding style, it could be interesting how these two match up. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I don't. I don't love the card on the whole, but I I'm actually very interested in especially those last three fights. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. I think I, I'm just kind of I'm getting in a in a bit of a lull here in terms of like the 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 fight nights. We we had some pretty good fight nights, I think, over the summer. They've cooled a little more in the fall here, but at least things will, will pick up uh, a week later when we oh, get the, yes. the UFC in Abu Dhabi, which will be during the daytime. Yes, let's hope everyone makes it there. Yeah, oh, God, I have I, seen a lot of people are starting to fly out now. Uh, Al Jermaine Sterling flew out, I think, today or okay. yesterday. Um, I saw Jer- Jared Gordon tweeted a picture of himself on a plane to Dubai. I assume he's going for somebody. Okay. Uh, he's not. I don't believe he's on that card. Double check, but he just fought, so I don't think he's fighting. Yeah, he might be just cornering someone. I assume he's cornering. Let me double check, though. I do not see Mr. Jared Gordon on here. He's got to be cornering somebody from the gym. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I do like that card. We'll, we'll talk about that one next week, of course. Yep. Yeah. But, yeah, hey, we covered a lot of ground here, sir. It, this was a yeah nice sample size show and not yeah. and not longer than normal. No, no, this was good. This, this was, was a, good. this was a good one. And that does it for us. So make sure you tune back in next week. Now that you've got a sample of everything, we're probably going to do mostly some couch side or uh, contested rounds next week. So be ready for that. Yeah, we'll be back again Monday after everything. Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody. Have a great week.